Welcome to the Live Your Purpose podcast, featuring compelling interviews with big-hearted people in the Oklahoma City metro area who are leading, creating, and innovating on purpose. Get inspired by conversations with passionate difference makers from our local community. I'm your host, Charles Gossett, Life Purpose Coach and founder of Full Integration Coaching. On today's episode, we sit down with Muhammad Ali Cesare, a community leader and the executive director of two related nonprofits, sharing one goal, improving dialogue and relationships in our community and beyond. And now, the Live Your Purpose podcast. Welcome to this edition of the Live Your Purpose podcast. Today, I'm sitting down with Muhammad Ali Cesare, the executive director of the Dialogue Institute of Oklahoma and the Raindrop Turkish House of Oklahoma. Muhammad graduated from Suleiman Demirel University with a degree in mathematics. He also earned a college counseling certificate from the University of California, Los Angeles. Muhammad is an alumnus of Leader Tulsa Class 58. He serves on the Oklahoma Governor International Team, Executive Board of the Oklahoma Center for Community and Justice, Religions United Committee of Oklahoma Conference of Churches, the U.S. Global Leadership Coalition of Oklahoma, and the Martin Luther King Jr. Commemoration Society of Tulsa. Mohammed is married to Zulega, and they are the parents of Murat, Zineb, and Meli. Mohammed, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Charles. Um, I am so honored to be here with you. Um, it's, a, it's a delightful, like, you know, um, invitation that I got from you. Thank you. Thank you so much. We've known each other for a few years now, and we sat down for coffee before COVID times uh, a couple of years ago. <laughs> and of course, we follow along with one another on social media. So I had to have you on the show with all the goodness that you're up to uh, in the OKC Metro and beyond in Tulsa and throughout the state of Oklahoma, really. So uh, it's really cool to have you on the show. Thank you. Well, as you may know, Muhammad, we generally start each episode with a kickoff question, and then we just see where the conversation takes us. And you've chosen yours, so I'll read that off, and then we'll just go from there. Okay. All right, Muhammad. So what makes you want to get out of bed in the morning? Um, that's a very good question. Um, so first of all, I was going to like, you know, start with a conversation that I had uh, with this, my friend, with my friend today. Mm -hmm. I asked him, like, you know, what is the reason uh, for him to wake up in the morning? So what's the motivation? Um, I was just curious about um, his, like, you know, motivation. And he said, uh, my children, because they, they cannot let me, like, you know, stay longer. Uh, <laughs> just, a, just a job. Um, so I have, um, I think, like, you know, the reason that I wake up in the morning is my love to people, humanity, uh, my, my faith, my values, and also like, you know, um, building friendship and getting to know people. Because um, what I like about being around people and what I like about uh, getting to know one another is um, to just learn from this friendship, this conversation that um, we have. Uh, if you remember, like, you know, as you mentioned a couple of um, uh, months ago before the COVID, we had um, a good conversation. We sat down and shared good conversation. We asked questions and we got to know one another. I think like, you know, these opportunities, these meetings, these gatherings, whether it's formal or informal, 
um, let me learn about my my colleagues, my friends, my neighbors, and be a better person, be be a better human being, because um, oftentimes um, I like just I just like you know learn something new that I like to try, uh, apply to my life. So each conversation, each dialogue, each um, you know gathering, help me to um, be a better human beings. So that's why I want to, you know, um, wake up in the morning, go out there. Of course, not during COVID because of pandemic, we work, uh, you know, from home. But um, on a regular daily basis, I go out and try to, like, you know, just uh, build more friendship and, uh, you know, uh, get to know uh, my community and my uh, friends. Absolutely. And that's my impression from the first time that we sat down is the same things that you're saying now is, is how we can come to understand one another better through conversations, through dialogue. And the word dialogue is there in the name of your organization, the Dialogue Institute of Oklahoma. And of course, you're also the director of the Raindrop Turkish House. And I'd like to unpack both of those and learn more about those so that our listeners can find out uh, all about the work that you and your team are doing and all the connections and collaborations that you do. A question that I had before, though, is, is really um, what inspired or motivated you to seek this path of conversations and dialogue? Where does that come from and, and why is that so important to you? So let me start with the, uh, you know, history of Dialogue Institute, and that will, I, I think, like, you know, um, answer your question. Um, Dialogue Institute, uh, formerly known as the In- Institute of Interfaith Dialogue, was founded right after 9-11 mm-hmm. by a group of um, Turkish-American educators, businessmen, and, um, you know, engineers. Um, our headquarters is located in Houston, Texas. So what they were trying to do is to respond 9-11 in a good way, in a, in a um, best possible way. Um, and so they came up with this idea. They said, we have to uh, establish an organization to reach out uh, first and foremost faith communities um, to just build friendship, promote understanding, and um, maybe like, you know, work on the uh, projects uh, that will help both of the communities, our, um, you know, um, our, our societies. So um, again, the, the, the focus was only faith communities, churches, synagogues, temples. But in 2013, they realized the community is much larger than religious organizations because there are people they don't like, you know, I can say, uh, they are not religious. Um, they, um, there are nonprofit organizations, government agencies, elected officials, so on and so forth. So they changed the name of the organization to Dialogue Institute, as well as the focus. Uh, and since then, Dialogue Institute is trying to reach out the faith and non-faith organizations, again, nonprofits, government agencies, elected officials, to have meaningful conversation. And we believe uh, this conversation will open um, lots of avenues uh, for everybody. Because imagine when you try to like, you know, have dialogue, you just talk about agreements, disagreements, you know, share values, you know, goals, and you, you started seeing the other side as human beings. Because 
we are all the children of God. We are created by same God. We are, whether we are Muslims, Christians, Jews, atheists, you know, white, black, um, you know, Turkish, non-Turkish, doesn't matter. We are created by same God and we pray to same God. And we wanted to just like, you know, um, have this environment, have this conversation, um, this like, you know, a platform to understand one another. So um, I think like, you know, um, this conversation again is very crucial to eliminate biases, eliminate prejudice, eliminate misunderstanding. So imagine the, the time right after 9-11. So people, uh, they are filled with, you know, hatred against Muslims, against Islams, uh, because of an attack, um, which was like, you know, put together by people that I don't call Muslims. And, uh, and, and we, we believe that not only just the planes um, hijack um, our, our religion, Islam is also hijacked by these ill-minded, uh, you know, people. And then again, um, the, the, the founders of the organization uh, they were trying to just find a better way to respond and change the mindset of the people, our community. And then they, uh, they, they, they started offering, um, offering classes, uh, events, services to, to just like, you know, uh, bring all people, um, people of, uh, you know, uh, different faiths, different cultures, uh, by creating opportunities for direct communication. Like I said, it can be formal, or informal. This can be, um, uh, this can be just anything like you know, uh, a, a conversation, a award ceremony, or like an Abrahamic uh, religion dinner, uh, friendship dinner, Ramadan, mm -hmm. like you know, um, fast breaking dinner, anything and everything. Yes, and there are so many of these activities that I see through your social media channels and and read about in the Oklahoman and through other outlets. Um, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but and I want to let you lead the conversation. But recently in the Daily Oklahoman, there was a, a great article about some of your work. And uh, I don't know if officially if it was through the Dialogue Institute or the Raindrop Turkish House. But if you wouldn't mind, if it's a good time to share a little bit about uh, the really great stuff that you were doing for local folks in need who are isolated and uh, frontline healthcare workers and others who, who got some maybe unexpected gifts. <laughs> So um, this was a project of our, um, our like, you know, um, organization uh, for the Christmas. Mm. We were thinking about um, our last Ramadan experiences. As you know, Ramadan is our holy month that we fast from sunup to sundown. And the last Ramadan was very different from any others that we experienced. Because of the pandemic, we stay home during the entire Ramadan we were not able to invite our friends, our colleagues. We were not able to share our food conversation. So we were isolated, basically, just us and family members, close family members. But um, uh, it was so different. It was so, um, I can say, like, you know, um, uh, frustrating um, for many of us. And when the Christmas was approaching, we were, we were just like, you know, talking that we should do something for our, you know, Christian friends, because they would experience uh, a different Christmas from any others that they experienced before. We, I think we like, you know, uh, we felt empathy. We made empathy. We just put ourselves in their shoes and we said, let's do something 
to just like you know uh, show our love uh, our appreciation um, and we want just them to know that they are not alone uh, so we started um, gathering information about nursing centers nursing homes because our number one goal was to uh, to just like you know um, uh, show our love to these people the residents of nursing centers imagine um, you know, during the last Christmas, they were not able to get together with their grandchildren, children, family members, and their loved ones. So it was, I believe, like it was maybe the most hard, you know, um, the hardest, like, you know, hardest Christmas ever that they have ever experienced. So we, we, um, we ordered Turkish delight, a special Turkish dessert for them, which is prepackaged, um, so it was like, you know, safe for them to, uh, you know, enjoy. We reached out to local nursing centers and we said, um, if you accept our gift, we would love to prepare gift bags. So um, with that being said, um, there were nursing centers that we uh, cooperated from Norman, Tulsa, Oklahoma City metro area, Edmond. Uh, uh, on top of it, we also reached out to the regional food bank of Oklahoma, uh, police officers, uh, basically like, you know, front, uh, frontline workers, uh, the, the nurses, doctors of um, COVID units, because they work hard during the pandemic. I think like, you know, they sacrificed their life for us. But I think it was not enough uh, for them, for about like, you know, what they have done for us, but it was a small token, small gift, small, like, you know, um, uh, way for us to say, thank you. Thank you for you know, what you are doing. And we got so many great feedback from the community and not just the recipients of these, uh, you know, gift bags, as well as our friends, uh, you know, Christian friends, uh, Jewish friends uh, from, uh, you know, all the nonprofits that we got lots of like, you know, um, comments and they said, thank you so much for thinking about people, people of our community as during this pandemic and during these like, you know, um, uh, hard times, unprecedented times, I think we have to support one another. With that being said, if you support one another and if you work shoulder to shoulder and hand in hand, these times will be much easier for all of us. I absolutely agree. And Mohammed, I will be sure to drop the link to that article in the Oklahoman with more information, of course, and links to your social media channels so folks can follow along. But it's so inspiring to read through that. And I know it comes from a place of uh, empathy, as you mentioned, and compassion and uh, of caring. You know, this, this describes you so well. And so many of us in the world in these fragmented times and polarized times, words that are far overused. Uh, there's many of us that don't want to be fragmented and polarized and that, that uh, we're tired of, of the talk. And, and we want to see more meaningful conversations, as you mentioned earlier. Mm -hmm. That's the core of the work that I do on a daily basis. Also, as a life purpose coach, I talk with people about meaning and purpose and what matters most to them, and how they want to align with that and live it out. So, I mean, it comes full circle to, to the same cause and it looks in a it comes in a different form. Mm -hmm. But the work that you and your organization is doing is so relatable and so needed. 
Um, Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. In terms of, I did want to mention that in terms of Ramadan this year, which my heart ached when I, when I knew that uh, everyone was experiencing this time in your community. And of course, I'm active in the interfaith community as well. Oklahoma City, if, for those who don't know, Oklahoma City has a very active, positive interfaith community. Get involved if, uh, if you're interested at all, all kinds of good stuff going on. But I did notice through your channels, if I remember correctly, that there were videos put out from, I think, Texas and Oklahoma, maybe Tulsa, Oklahoma City, uh, with presenters on different nights and uh, doing different teachings and, and leading things and trying to connect uh, with members of the faith. Yeah. Right. Um, yes, uh, last Ramadan, like I said, it was different. Our colleagues, um, our um, friends from uh, Kansas, um, Texas, Arkansas, and other states, um, they wanted to just um, do virtual Ramadan uh, dinners. Uh, it was the very first experience for many of us. Um, so what they did is they brought um, families together, um, you know, Muslim families who are experiencing Ramadan, as well as our uh, you know, uh, faith communities. And through these um, uh, virtual platforms, um, they were able to learn about each other. Um, they asked questions about Ramadan fasting. What is the, like, you know, uh, the motivation about fasting? Because um, when you think about fasting during um, April, May, you know, um, all these months, it's difficult because from sunup to sundown, um, you almost like, you know, um, uh, fast uh, 17, you know, um, 18 hours. So people are curious and they said, uh, tell us more about, uh, you know, fasting, fasting in Islam. And it, it is not, it is not just being hungry and being thirsty for 18 hours. There's, there's more um, aspect, like, you know, uh, there are other layers of uh, fasting. So um, charity organization, um, charity, like, you know, work is another, like, you know, um, I think aspect of the Ramadan. So people, uh, they they become more generous uh, during uh, Ramadan, so they try to share their food, their conversation, um, and uh, wanted to just like you know um, um, build more friendship during Ramadan. But it was it was it was not possible uh, because of the pandemic. But still, they use online platforms like Zooms, uh, you know, um, Google uh, or WhatsApp. Then they uh, they share conversation. Um, so we were glad to provide these opportunities um, for our communities to, again, build more friendship and conversation. Yeah. And I'll say as a practicing Christian, anyone who's listening in that can relate to the words that Muhammad's saying, uh, maybe from a different faith tradition or no faith tradition, mm -hmm. I, I do encourage you personally to get involved with the work that he and his organization are doing. Mm -hmm. um, we can't do this alone. Uh, Mohammed and his team can't do this alone. It really does take a community of people that want a better world and that are fighting for peace and better conversation, meaningful lives, peace and prosperity together. And so this is an opportunity, even virtually, to get involved and start wow. to find out more about uh, all the goodness that you have going. Well, Muhammad, I did want to ask you too separately about the Raindrop Turkish House, Oklahoma, and and see uh, the kind of work that you do there, and maybe how it relates to the the Dialogue Institute. Mm -hmm. So, Raindrop Turkish House is under the same umbrella with the Dialogue Institute, Oklahoma, but um, Raindrop Turkish House is using using different tools um, to serve the community. Um, when you think about you know both organization. Raindrop is mostly using the cultural um, 
tools to bring uh, community and cultivate friendship. But as Dialogue Institute um, using, um, you know, uh, interfaith, like, you know, uh, interfaith tools to promote mutual understanding, peace and empathic acceptance. But altogether, uh, they both serve the same goal, common goal. Um, so under the raindrop, um, we have um, we have like you know many events such as um, international cooking classes, women's coffee night, uh, Turkish language classes, as well as uh, one of maybe like you know well-known event of raindrop is uh, festival, Turkish food and art festival. Um, but again, all these events, all these uh, gatherings, classes um, uh, is uh, to to bring people of all walks of life, whether they are uh, religious or non-religious, whether they are, you know, um, uh, white, black, or Turkish, non-Turkish, it's, it's for everybody. Because most of the time, the question I get from people is, um, I'm not Turkish, I don't speak, you know, Turkish, can I be a part of Braindrop Turkish House? Because when they see the signage out there, they thought it's just only for Turkish community, Turkish American community. And I, I try to change this like you know uh, this misconception that it's not just for Turkish people it's for everybody because we want to um, build community we want to just cultivate friendship among our communities so please come and be a part of our, our organization um, and um, I like to just like you know maybe share um, a, a poet from uh, a great like you know uh, uh, poet Rumi Mm. Uh, Rumi is is uh, uh, is a great poet and um, one of the like you know uh, the well known of um, well known uh, poem of Rumi is uh, let me like you know just read it it says come come whoever you are wanderers worshippers lover of living it doesn't matter ours is not a caravan of despair come even you have broken your woes a thousand times. Come, yet again, come, come. So we want to invite anybody and everybody to come and build friendship with us, with the Turkish community. So uh, they can, maybe they, they are into cooking or they might be into something else, but there is always something for everybody under the umbrella of Bendirab Turkish Haz and Dialogue Institute. Oh, that's beautiful. And you had me at Rumi. As soon as you said Rumi, I was, I was in. I'm there. <laughs> One of my favorite poets of all time. Yeah. So the wonderful work of Rumi. If you don't know who that is, if you're listening, what, what's Rumi? Who's that? Uh, R-U-M-I. Just look that up and you'll see lots of resources online. Great poet. Wonderful, wonderful heart and soul. So good stuff. Okay. Um, well, so this conversation, Mohammed, can go in any direction, really. Mm -hmm. uh, one of the questions I had for you first, though, is would you be able to think of one or two stories of individuals, folks, groups who have gotten involved with your work that maybe had one perception mm -hmm. of either Turkish or Muslim or just the other, quote unquote, mm -hmm. <laughs> And then they come in, they're involved in your programs and your events and something changes mm -hmm. and they, they experience a change in mind and heart, their perception and, mm -hmm. and what that's looked like. Do you have a couple of specific examples that may come to mind? Mm -hmm. Sure. Um, so I was in Tulsa 
and we uh, we were invited by friends of um, the faith community. So we were having conversation and you know um, sharing our food together. And there was a lady at the table that she said, um, "You are the very first Muslim that I have ever met in my life." So until I met you, I had misperce uh, misperception. I have like you know um, uh, misunderstanding. Uh, against Islam and against Muslim. But right now, what I'm thinking is um, it's, it's all wrong. I, I should have just um, made this human interaction, direct communication, because this is the best resource to learn about uh, others. When you say others, you can put anybody. Um, so I was so impressed uh, by her honesty because... Um, I think like, you know, most probably what, what she did was watch news and, you know, some uh, Google search to learn about Islam and uh, Muslims. And most probably like, you know, it was uh, understandable that like uh, I mentioned after 9-11, there were so many, uh, so many misunderstandings, so many like, you know, misinformation about Muslims and, uh, you know, Islam. Then um, until like, you know, she met our community, she just kept um, her, her thought, her, like, you know, perspective. She didn't change it, and she didn't intend to make any, like, you know, um, any attempt um, to learn the truth. But that, that, like, you know, conversation, it was not just a dinner, but there were lots of, you know, um, uh, lots, lots of times that we got together. We shared conversation. We invited one another. Um, so at the end of all these, um, you know, meetings, all these times, she come to understand that it's the 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 perception that she used to have is not is not the truth then she changed it um and that's i think that's the uh, that's the like you know goal of uh, our organization um this direct communication whether um again formally or informally is one of the um most like you know um effective way to understand uh, about um uh, others. So um, just let me give like, you know, an example from my life. I came to the United States in 2010 through green card process. And I, cho I chose uh, Kansas City um, uh, to start my new life because there was a friend of mine. So until I came to the United States, um, in my classroom, um, from like, you know, my uh, neighbors, you know, teachers, community members, religious, like, you know, faith leaders, what I heard about Christianity and Christians was so different than my own experience. I came here and started making friends. And um, through, like, you know, uh, uh, through this friendship, I learned that everything I learned from my teachers, from my neighbors, from my, let's say, like, you know, colleagues, friends about Christianity was wrong. So I... Uh, I was so grateful uh, to live this experience, to have this opportunity to change my point of view. Because think about like, you know, um, somebody um, who heard just like, you know, bad things about Christianity and Christians. And then until like an end of his or her life, there's no way for that person to change the perspective, change the mindset. Um, if there's, somebody who like you know touch his or her life 
otherwise it will be like you know same exact negative like you know uh, views so um you know media is another like you know uh factor uh, in in this misperception because uh, you can imagine like you know uh there are some media outlets newspapers you know tv channels that they just uh they just you know get benefit out of this division this misunderstanding because what what like you know sells to their viewers their followers is all this uh, negativity all this like you know hateful information otherwise most probably they are not gonna like you know be able to watch or like you know listen to uh from their uh, from their like you know viewers so same thing for other like you know countries i'm not just blaming the uh, united states media american media sure as well as turkish media or mm -hmm. in, in in germany or in like you know greece uh one thing like and you know, i i want to share uh you know charles lastly was the the relationship between greeks and turks was always like you know um uh one of the hot topic because we were always hearing that we cannot be friends with greeks because of our past, because of our history. Our ancestors, you know, uh, they had disagreements, they fought, you know, one another. But now, after many, many years later, we're still hearing from our friends, from our teachers that we cannot be enemy. We cannot work together because of our history. But recently, there is a Turkish immigrant, like, you know, um, um, problem that lots of Turks they had to flee Turkey because of their political views. You know who opened their doors, who helped them, who just like, you know, support them during this journey, this difficult journey? There were Greeks, Greeks people who hosted them, who showed their hospitality, who showed their love against these Turks who have been persecuted by their own people, by their own government. I think like, you know, right now with, with seeing this, with like, you know, living, um, living this time, I come to understand that there are not just like, you know, uh, there are not uh, the, the best way to understand, the best way to learn about a nation, a faith, a community is just human interaction. You got to go and experience. You have to discover by yourself. Then you can make your own judgment. Don't let others to make uh, your judgment. Don't make others to make your mind. You have to do it. You got to go and uh, do it because that's your job to uh, discover the world around you. It's difficult. It's not easy because we tend to stay in our bubbles, in our, in our comfort zones. But when you put time and energy and when you feel a little bit you know, um, uncomfortable, I believe that you will discover many, many things and that will benefit uh, to your life, your family's life and your community's life. Oh, it's so full and rich, Muhammad. And um, I'm going to go back and listen to that again. I listened to these episodes myself. That was so informative and transformative too. Um, you know, one of the things, there's so many things there that that, that you mentioned I wanted to pick up on, but certainly the impact of media, which can be a circular conversation because there's so much impact. Um, but there's also a positive impact. As for, for example, social media, where we can communicate with each other. Uh, as long as we're able to at least look through our own bubbles and maybe 
bounce into other people's bubbles from time to time. <laughs> I use the analogy of, of silos, which comes from farming. And I think we just need some farm tractors to haul us around from silo to silo uh, every once in a while and exchange grain so that we can uh, at least find out what's on the other side. Mm -hmm. But uh, how do you find yourself? How do you navigate the uh, polarizing times and the tendency for any one of us to be led down a trail where we find ourselves alone, but together with people who look like us, talk like us, believe like us, us etc. How do you keep yourself uh, aware and involved uh, outside of, of the professional work that you do? Um, you know, whether this is professional life or personal life, you know, life, um, as I mentioned, my, my experiences taught me that I cannot like, you know, um, stay in my bubbles, in my comfort zone, in my uh, tribes oftentimes, because whether you, you want or not, whether you want or not, whether you like, you know, need this or not, but you have to uh, work with others. Imagine just uh, like in a workplace, a lot of the workplace that we are having uh, in our community uh, nowadays is, is uh, diverse. Uh, there are uh, people, people of, all walks of life. Um, so you have to work together. You have to depend on one another to um, to to just like you know uh, to serve your community, your your uh, your people. And um, I think like you know during this time, this um, difficult time, I try not to watch news, uh, not to follow like you know social media a lot because, um, like I mentioned, I don't want. Um, media to uh, make like you know my month i want to just wait um, things um, like you know till things get clear thing gets back to normal um, so like for instance uh, a couple of days ago there was um, some like you know happenings in our capital um, washington dc that people have been talking about and um, uh, I, I i i swear to god that i haven't watched any news uh, uh, recently about what happened in, in, in uh, Washington, D.C. Of course, um, I tried to, like, you know, um, um, uh, read about it, but I'm not, I'm not going to, like, you know, let, again, media or social media to make my uh, mindset about uh, certain things. So um, all the times, uh, whether my friends have different opinion or disagreements uh, or not, I wanted to just see other side as human beings. We cannot agree on everything. We don't have to. We may have um, different opinion. We may, we may have like a you know, different perspective. Uh, the way um, the way like you know uh, we live our life or the way we practice our faith might be different. But again, at the at the beginning, what I said was you know um, true for this case uh, either. We are all human beings. We don't have to. Uh, have the same opinion. We don't have to support this, you know, same party. We don't have to vote for the same person. But we, if when we when we live in the same community, when we live in the same society, uh, we gotta, you know, just leave our differences, our disagreements out of the table, and come and find uh, common goals and common like you know uh, values to work together to to just like you know be. A better community and be better nation. So. Yes. You know, uh, I sat down with a friend of mine 
named uh, Derek Talkington for a podcast yesterday, and it'll come out in February of, of this year. Um, and we talked around this, this topic as well. And he was asking me, how are you navigating these times? And what are you doing? And, mm-hmm. and, and I am watching more news, but I feel like I'm being beat up. I, I feel like I'm, I'm being <laughs> hit over and over again by all of the banter and all of the polarizing because I'm looking at different news sources and that's hard. It's hard to, to weed through all of that and, uh, and absorb it and then come up with a new perspective and I need a break from it. I can't just keep watching. So, and I know that, but, uh, one of the things that really resonated with me that you just talked about was values and these common values and the safest way to be able to connect with other people, if they're like us or not, is through trying to find common values that we share together. If nothing else, our humanity, we're all human beings. We don't like pain. We prefer things when they're pleasurable or good. (laughs) We all want to be happy and safe. We want to have enough to eat. Uh, We all love our children and that we want them to be successful. And sometimes just having conversations around those very simple basic aspects of our humanity can be enough to start a conversation and keep it going. And uh, it, it can be, it can be difficult, um, you know, to find common principles or values that we can share when the stakes are so high or when the anger is so high and, and the um, I don't know, villainization of, of one another, when we see the per- other person as evil and not even worthy of, of an opinion at all. And so what are your thoughts, if any, on, on some of the, um, well, I don't want to, the word extreme is used a lot, but I could say, let me use the words, uh, the folks that are feeling bitter and uh, enraged and uh, resentful. Are there words that, that folks can hear that perhaps they can connect to a larger picture that have worked in your experience? Um, you know, Charles, let me share a story. I was in Tulsa again a couple of years ago working for the Dialogue Institute Tulsa office. We were hosting a group of um, local um, families and there were also uh, friends from abroad. Um, at the dinner table, um, one of the local friends turned to me and asked whether we recruit people under Indra for ISIS or not. So question was so um, frustrating at that point because he, he was just thinking that Raindrop is a place for us to recruit people for ISIS. And I said uh, to myself, I, I shouldn't lose my temper. He has a misunderstanding against our organization and he's our you know, guest. But um, I said, I will make a presentation about what we are doing and why we are doing uh, momentarily, just um, listen to like you know my presentation, my my talk, and if you have any question, I'll be happy to answer. But later on, what I thought about uh, you know uh, that guy is said I shouldn't judge him about the way he like you know thought, the way he talked, because most probably like you know uh, the environment uh, he grew up. Uh, was so different, uh, so different than uh, what I had, because imagine if he hasn't 
had any any like you know opportunity to learn um, what what like you know Turkish community is or about or you know what a Muslim community is about, then um, he would just like you know he would just think anything. He would he would just um, make. Um, Uh, his his thoughts and his perspective uh, from the media, from the like you know um, again his his the, the teachings of uh, his parents or his you know uh, community. So um, we shouldn't judge the people of um, other opinion or other like you know um, uh, let's say um, perspective. And oftentimes we have to be patient. I know it's difficult. It's not easy to do, but. There is no way for us to, um, you know, um, have a better, like, you know, a better community or no way for us to change uh, the mindset of people other than being like, you know, patient. Uh, we got to just like, you know, patient and we, we have to like, you know, um, know that it's one at a time. It will take lots of time. It's a time consuming process. But every single day, if you can touch one life, if you can change one people's opinion, then each day will will be better we'll get better because we are going to make progress we're going to like you know um uh, we're going to like you know make progress and we will be again better uh, um uh, in in many ways so um and i i think like you know um the uh, the, the the time we share with like you know others is so crucial If I keep like you know telling this, but um, these conversations, these like you know um, these gatherings, um, will open so many avenues. And you started seeing that whether you are Muslims or Christians, as you mentioned, like you know during your question, we have the same wants and same needs. As a father of three little one, I want to provide same thing as you uh, want to provide to your children. I want them to. Have a better future. I want them to get a good education. I want them to be better, be better human beings. So um, we have, I think, our our uh, commonalities and our similarities are more than our differences. But mostly, we focus on our differences. We focus on our disagreements, and they take so much energy from us, and that, like you know, just stop us from this interact interaction, this friendship. We just stay again in our bubbles, in our tribes, in our uh, you know, um, in our communities. That we don't make any attempt to just like you know build a community, build friendship. Yes, you know, if anyone's listening for a hopeful word, I think they just heard it. You know that that uh, what you just shared with us, Mohammed. My word for the year, literally, is the word patience. Mm-hmm. for 2021. That's my goal to understand that word and to practice it on a daily basis. And as I did a little research, um, the word goes back to Latin roots, uh, P-A-T-I, pati, which means suffering. And the idea is to uh, to allow and not resist and try to bear with mm-hmm. suffering, which happens to all of us in all kinds of ways. And it doesn't mean to just be run over, you know, it doesn't mean to just be run down by life and allow anything to harm us, Mm -hmm. but it means to be slow to anger. And it means to be uh, more forward thinking and taking the long view 
allowing time to pass. And I hear, as you mentioned the word patience, I'm like, this is what patience looks like. I'm sitting right across from it. <laughs> my, uh, my favorite word in English is uh, patient. Uh, because ah. the, the correlation between uh, patient and patience. So think about somebody who is sick, who is mm -hmm. ill. Uh, he or she has to just like, you know, bear witness the pains. Um, otherwise, it will be like, you know, um, unbearable. So imagine when you are sick, time stops. It's like, you know, um, an hour is like a day. Uh, mm -hmm. So what you have to do is just uh, be patient. You got to just like, you know, uh, be uh, patient uh, without thinking about the next like, you know, moment. You have, to, it's hard, it's difficult because you have pains, uh, you know, um, Maybe uh, you cannot eat, you cannot enjoy the moment, you cannot, uh, you know, uh, have fun. But when you like, you know, be patient, I think that, you know, that will, that, of course, that time will, will, will like, you know, change and you'll get better, you feel better. But the, again, the correlation between patient and patience is, is so uh, wonderful. And I, I, that's my favorite word. Oh, well, that's so good to know. Well, that, th this takes on a whole new meaning. And those words roughly mean the same thing. They have the same yeah. Uh, yeah. word history. And when people are patients in a hospital, mm -hmm. then hospital is a place where people, of course, go to heal. Mm -hmm. But the word hospital is related to hotel and hostel. H-O-S-T-E-L, uh, like when you're on a pilgrimage journey and you're staying the night uh, as you're walking through another land. And essentially, it can mean home away from home. When you're not able to take care of yourself, someone else does it for you, and they're hospitable, and they exhibit hospitality. And so hospitality and suffering and patience, these all go together. And so if we can be a home away from home for one another, <laughs> wherever we are in the world, and a place to hold a patient conversation, I think the world would be a lot better place. I think the United States and specifically Oklahomans, they are so hospitable mm -hmm. um, uh, for, for many reasons. For instance, not just myself. I know many Turkish friends, friends from Syria, from, friends from many countries. Uh, they leave their families behind. They leave their career behind. They leave their like, you know, positions behind to come and um, start a new life here in the United States. But oftentimes people are just like, you know, um, they, they are welcomed. My experience, my, my, my own experience, other than a couple of negative, like, you know, experience, I believe that, like, you know, um, I have met with so many wonderful people who can I say uh, and call as my brothers and sisters in Oklahoma area. There are wonderful people, people who care and love for the sake of God. They have no expectation. They love unconditionally. Uh, they just want to help. Uh, you know, um, and this is again, it's true for many friends because um, when you imagine like, you know, immigrant communities, uh, whether they come like, you know, three green card or three like, you know, other process, um, they come and like, you know, um, face with cultural shock. There are so many difficulties, so many challenges when you change your environment, even from one city to another city, or even from one state to another city. When you move, 
then you 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 know you have difficulty. But imagine you come thousand miles away uh, from your home, and uh, with the like you know with the intent of making a new home. And I believe Oklahoma is a wonderful place to start your new journey. And uh, unless the uh, misconception about Oklahomans, there are so many loving people like yourself uh, that people just uh, hug and open their arms, open their hearts to these people, these, uh, these like, you know, newcomers. And I want to thank everybody uh, through this, like, you know, the, through this uh, show uh, for their loving and for their caring, like, you know, um, uh, character. Again, I'm a good, I'm, I'm going to be like, you know, be a good advocate and I will stay a good ad advocate of, um, advocate of Oklahoma and Oklahomans, wherever I go, whether I stay here or not. Um, every time I meet with people from other states, I say, what you know about Oklahomans and Oklahoma is wrong. As, 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 as somebody who has been living in Oklahoma since 2013, here's my experience. Here's the people I met. Here's the like, you know, things I have seen, I have experienced. So please just think twice before like, you know, you say something about Oklahomans and Oklahoma next time. Again, that's my experience. And I want to just thank everybody, including like, you know, um, yourself for this wonderful experience. That feels so good as an Oklahoman. You know, I was born and raised in Oklahoma and, uh, and it feels good. You know, there's so many positive and welcoming and beautiful things about our state. The people, the, the geography, the ecology, you know, there's something from forest to desert in the same state. Um, there's so many uh, interesting things. Mm -hmm. And of course, there are some challenges and painful things that must be reckoned with as well. But I agree with you, Mohammed. Our, our people are wonderful. I love living here. And uh, I'm delighted to be able to uh, raise my family, our children here, and hope that they stick around. Uh, I know we're a lot more mobile these days, but, uh, right. but hopefully they'll stay here as well. Well, my friend, I want to give you an opportunity, two things, to any closing words you would like to say to us, if you had some in mind, or, or just whatever comes to your mind. And then second, how can folks uh, reach out to you? Mm -hmm. Or how can they follow along uh, on social media and in other ways? Sure. So there's a proverb in Turkish, uh, a cup of coffee has 40 year memory. So when you drink a cup of coffee with somebody, then that will stay with you for 40 years. Wow. Which means um, this is an open invitation to anybody who is listening to this show. After the pandemic, please come on, uh, come and you know, have a cup of coffee with us at Raindrop Turkish House. We are on Klaasen at 44th. Um, again, it's open to uh, the public. You don't have to speak Turkish. You don't have to be from Turkey. Just come and uh, get to know one another. Come and build friendship. We want to just listen to your story because every human being has a story to tell. And we're interested in uh, listening to your story. And this can, again, be a, a, a formal or informal way uh, whether you come and attend our cooking classes or our friendship dinner, Turkish Food Art Festival, doesn't matter. Just stop by and learn about uh, our organization and our community. Uh, the best possible way for, for them to 
get acquainted with us is our Facebook account, our Facebook page. If they go and search Raindrop Turkish House Oklahoma or Dialogue Institute Oklahoma, uh, they will find our uh, Facebook page. Uh, they will be informed about upcoming events, whether it's virtual or in person. Of course, after the pandemic, we'll um, go back to our regular format. But nowadays, we have so many virtual events uh, that they can be a part of it. They can learn about our community, our organization, and also, um, you know, work on uh, the common goals of our uh, our society. That sounds wonderful. Thank you so much, Mohammed Ali Cesar, for being my guest on the show today. And I can tell you from personal experience, people, you're going to want to come visit some of these events. There's a lot of joy, uh, a lot of really great food, by the way, and interesting people with, with cool stories. So come and share your story, but also learn about the stories of others in our community right here and from around the world. So once again, Mohammed Ali Cesar, thank you for being my guest today. Thank you so much, Charles, for your kind invitation. I'm so honored to be with you on this show. Uh, please keep up the good work because what you are doing is so crucial. Uh, it's having some like you know negativity and negative like you know things happening uh, in, in 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 American media, but uh, you are just providing environment, uh, providing platform for people like me to talk and share the stories. And I I value your work. I admire what you are doing. Thank you so very much for who you are and what you are doing. You've been listening to the Live Your Purpose podcast. I hope you've been inspired by my conversation with today's guest. If you like what you hear, please share with your social networks and subscribe so that you never miss an episode. I'm your host, Charles Gossett, Life Purpose Coach and founder of Full Integration Coaching. To learn more about the life coaching, public speaking, and retreat services that I offer, visit fullintegrationcoaching.com. And you can follow along with me on Facebook and Instagram at Full Integration Coaching. Until next time, remember... You were meant to live on purpose. Start living yours today.